0: Hello, and welcome to... Hello. Hello. That was Tim. Uh, I'm Adam. Uh, Welcome to uh, Quanta Training's APMP podcasting series. Uh, This uh, podcast is aimed at... Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the exam, really, uh, the APMP exam and how you pass that. We'll also talk about the... uh, You might be studying for the... APMP for Prince 2 Practitioners exam. So we'll talk about both of those. So uh, we'll, we'll talk to you about the structure of the exam, uh, how to prepare for it, and, and some hints and tips maybe giving uh, give you the benefit of our experience. So the first thing is, I mean, let's get the basics out of the way. It's uh, The main exam is a three-hour exam. You get a choice of questions. I mean, that's a nice thing, I think, about this exam. So we studied uh, something like 35 topics you'll have studied during the week. Uh, you will be asked 16 questions on those topics in the three-hour full exam, of which you have to choose 10. And, I mean, that's really, that's really important because I think possibly one of the biggest determining factors of whether you're going to pass this exam or not is probably determined by your choice of questions. So it is definitely worth spending the first 10 minutes or so of the exam time allocated to you deciding which questions you're going to answer. And it's uh, it's not rocket science. That's twice in the series of podcasts I've said that. That's great. Uh, basically, the questions that you're going to find easiest are the ones you should be answer answering. So you need some way of really determining which of the questions you can get most marks out of. Uh, we'll talk to you a little bit about the allocating marks in a moment. But essentially, it is worth spending a few minutes looking at each of the questions and trying in whatever way you see fit to determine how many marks you think you can get. And it's 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 pretty simple. If a question, for example, asks you between uh, four, five differences between business usual and projects, and you think, well, well, I'm I'm quite comfortable with this, but I can actually only think of four, then you know you can get a maximum of the eighty percent of marks on that. So, some way of going through each of the questions and working out which are the ones you should be answering and which you shouldn't. Anything else you want to? Add to that, Tim.
1: Yeah, we'll just pick up from what you're saying. If if when you're initially scanning the paper, you can only think of, say, two, three or four items, it's worth just jotting those down on the question paper itself. Yes. Um, because, or a bit of scrap. Yeah. And, um, and it may well be, then, that if you choose to do the question where you can only remember three or four and you know that the, the fifth is going to be a bit scratchy, then that could be enough if that's your eighth, ninth or tenth answer. Yeah. because if if you select your questions you can answer the questions in whatever order suits you if you select the questions that you feel most confident with first hopefully you'll have at the end of your fifth question or your fifth answer you would have scored more than 50% you kind of think even conservatively if you think that you've scored that you'd score 70% on each of the questions that you think are your strongest then it may well be by the end of the first five questions if you're taking the full um, APMP exam rather than the Prince Two practitioners, you may well have um, 70% of the marks available at that time. That would be... <laughs> Keep going with the math, <laughs> Tim, I can see. We don't need to do the numbers. But 100, uh, 175 marks. And so the target for it would be 275. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd only have 100 marks or so to get from the remaining five questions. And so even if the 10th question that you submitted or 10th answer you submitted only got you 20 or 30 marks, that could be more than enough. Yeah. But the fact that there are six questions you do not have to do just means that when you have a look at the questions initially, there'll be some, I'm sure, that will just jump out at you thinking yeah, I'm definitely going to answer those ones quite quickly. But then others, even if they're a favoured topic that you've spent a fair amount of revision on, don't go near the question if you don't understand what the question is asking. No. It sounds an obvious point, but sometimes people try to make the question say what they want it to say. Yes. Um, and there will be more than enough questions in there for you to have a go at. So when you're looking at the 16 um it shouldn 't be the case that you can only do ten it 'd be more likely that of those sixteen you you'd be comfortable eight. with yeah. <laughs> um, but it'd be it'd be um more likely you 'd be comfortable with say thirteen or fourteen so as adam was saying, just choose your questions carefully um and then get started with your um, your strongest yeah. questions
0: but I, I like to pick up on the point you made there as well about um it is worth jossing down uh i think in those first few minutes effectively the very shortened um, bullet pointed answers for two reasons one it enables you to assess whether or not you should be undertaking a question and how many points you think you can get out of it but secondly um, if you spend 10-15 minutes doing that getting the sort of uh, uh, major uh, le- learning points down on a bit of scrap paper or on the question paper you can really relax after that you've got the structure for some of your answers for example if this question comes up in a situation of leadership uh, you can quickly note down it was by Hersey and Blanchard. Uh, you can note that the four styles of leadership are telling, selling, participating, and delegating, and that you know the maturity goes from right to left, and it's M1 to M4. And by the time you've written that down, which only takes you a few seconds, you can have quite a lot of confidence that actually you don't need really to think about the answer anymore. You've got to write it out, but you've got the structure there. You know that you can you can do it. So I think that's a great tip. I think to just make some notes at the beginning of the exam. Um, just quickly, we refer to the that exam being three hours, a choice of six, uh, ten questions out of sixteen. If you're studying for the APMP for Prince Two Practitioners, the slightly shorter version, uh, you get two hours, and your choice will be to do six questions out of a possible ten. Uh, so I'm sure the ratio is slightly different, but but it's certainly not dissimilar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and everything we're saying today, I think, about hints and tips applies equally to that. It
1: does, yeah. And the, the only the only difference is um, because there are fewer questions you have to answer, and um, then the amount of marks you have to get will be lower. Um, so it's still a 55% pass mark, um, but that translates into 150 165 marks out of 300. Um, as opposed to 275 marks out of 300 for the APMP, yeah.
0: and now we're talking about marks. Let's just quickly sorry, 275
1: um, out of 500 for the APMP. Yeah, I think you need to stop doing numbers. <laughs> I think I should. Yeah. Um, <laughs> quite good, not
0: there. While, while we're talking about uh, these marks, um, probably doesn't matter to you because you you had no uh, experience with this before. But they have recently changed the marking scheme, so if you did come across for it's worth iterating. I think the new allocation of marks. Um, there are four. Keywords, if you like, and the way they can ask you questions. The first of those is list, and this is simply they want a, a bulleted or numbered uh, list of individual items. For example, list four roles on a project you sponsor, project manager, project office uh, user. Uh, that's a list. Uh, they're worth two marks each. So, you know, maybe a few, but you're going to struggle to get anywhere near a pass just with lists. So they're quite nice and quick, but you, you need to be picking the marks up elsewhere. The state is the next word they might use. Um, state is a single sentence, really, and that's worth five marks. And it's worth just saying at this point that if you get to the end of that sentence, don't feel constrained by it. If you think that you haven't adequately, from what you've written, something can't necessarily be understood, then bold means write a second sentence. But what, what is key here is if it says state and you find yourself writing paragraphs, you are writing too much and wasting your time. You won't be losing marks, but you're certainly not gaining any. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you give an example of a of a statement?
0: Yes, I could. For example, if it said state five roles on a project rather than list five roles, uh, you might say uh, one of the key roles on a project is that of the project manager who will manage the data to activities of the project. Uh, there you go.
1: Perfect.
0: Yeah. So it's a single sentence or, or say don't, don't be afraid to add another one if needed. The next one is describe. These are worth eight points each. Um and we're talking about much more information required here now, really. So uh, I think the guidance is probably something around three or more sentences is what you should be aiming to write. So if you get uh, describe these five items, that's going to require five paragraphs, each of, say, something like three sentences uh, long each. And that's going to be worth about eight points. Tim is pointing something out to me here. Yeah, well, Tim's pointing out the guidance is two. Two or more? Yeah. Yeah, by which I usually interpret to my students as three bit of a safety net so the guidance does say two or more um, I think to be safe uh, three is what you should be aiming for but again do not be afraid to write more the final one then is the word they might use is explain uh, this is the big one uh, there's quite a few of these usually in the exam explain is a paragraph so you know it's more marks than than a described so let's go with four sentences or more shall we but essentially you're writing a, a, a chunky paragraph on each of the points required so these, these progress basically from list right through to explain. Some people occasionally say, well, I can't think of anything else to write and explain. I mean, I, apart from sort of getting rude and people have written 500 paid books on the business case, I'm sure you can think of full sentences. The other thing I try occasionally to point out is the use of examples. So by, you know, simply adding a real life or a, a sort of fictional example, really, of a project uh, showing how you can actually apply what you're talking about, I think can lift something It allows you to write a lot more It allows you to lift something from a sort of state describe up to an explain
1: yeah, because that's because the the examiners are looking for you to demonstrate your understanding, and that demonstration can be given through the use of an example so and that's really it, as as adams saying that the big difference between a description and an exp- and an explanation
0: good so i mean uh, it's most of what I want to say about the exam uh, just a couple of things with regards to sort of revising, I think. People will, you will have come across a topic, no doubt, during the week that you don't like. I'm guessing it may be M-Value, but it may be, it may be something else. But people, sometimes it's just a topic that you can't get to grips with. Now, you've got two choices, really. You can either spend several hours trying to understand that topic and memorise it uh, in preparation for the exam, or you can drop it. And I think that the formula to basically use is to look at how long it's going to take you to, to work it out. And if you're going to spend five, have to spend five or six hours trying to memorise the seven or eight um, earned value formulas, frankly I don't see any point. You're probably better off revising eight topics uh, in that time.
1: Yeah, because when it comes to revise um, to revising it's best to, to just make a little plan really. Um, so at the end of the training week it ought to be apparent to you which topics require no further work. So there'll be some that you may well have been pretty familiar with already. And so just concentrate on the topics that require more work. And as Adam was saying there, just use your time wisely. And um, So if you do drop topics from your revision, just bear in mind that potentially you're going to be dropping them out of the 16 questions that might be on yeah. uh, the exam paper. So you, but you can afford to drop one or two, um, because it may well be that one or two topics that you've dropped don't come up anyway. Um, so it's not really dissimilar from all the other exams that you'd have taken. Um, in the past, so when you're revising at school and college and, uh, and university, so same kind of approach really.
0: Okay, and just a quick note on revision as well um, it's the way I would do it, you clearly haven't got time to sit down and read uh, all the various manuals and, and so on that we provide you with uh, from start to beginning again, it's also perhaps not a productive use of time from Start to beginning Did it, Is that what I said, start <laughs> to beginning? <laughs> well, yeah, you've probably got time to do that, but maybe not start to end. Um, so Here's what I do. I would open a chapter, uh, look at the learning outcomes, the assessment criteria as they're known as these days, read it, uh, quickly see what you can come up with uh, in response to it. And if, for example, it asks you for differences between projects and business as usual, the the obvious example to use, and you can remember four, well, your your objective for revision for the next few minutes is to come up with one more um, uh, answer to that question. So it's basically about identifying gaps. Read learning outcome Determine wh- where the gaps in your knowledge are and then focus your revision on filling those gaps in. Uh, there's no point in revising, as you were saying, stuff you're very comfortable with. There's also possibly no point in revising stuff you haven't got a flipping clue on. So focus it on, on the gaps. Flipping doesn't count as a swear word, does it? <laughs> it does to me. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I know you're very I'm sensitive. I'm quite shocked. Well, I, I think that's all I want to say. Uh, good luck, guys. Good luck. Yeah, good luck.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.